BruinsDaily.com is the website. Tim underscore Rosenthal is the man on Twitter. Tim, how's uh, how's things? I'm sorry. I think it's actually a heat wave down there. We're a little over uh, the 30s here in the Boston area. So um, guess, um, I guess we can enjoy it while we can before we uh, slip into the 20s. That's that's nice. That's always good, right? That's that's good. It's sneak that in. You know, it's funny when I went down to uh, I had to fly down to D.C. this weekend, so I went to Boston, and uh, it, it was when I left Boston on um, early Saturday morning. Uh, I left. I had to drive through snow at my house to get there. It was, it was ridiculous. It was insane, and uh, I was I was driving in the left lane of Center Minot Hill Road because one side of the road hadn't been plowed yet. And there was no way I was going to catch my flight if I if I went the other way. So, away I went. Right, you know that's what you got to do at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you just gotta you gotta pretend like you're in England uh, to get <laughs> to, yeah. to get to civilization. No big deal. And yeah, uh, I might as well have uh, just uh, rode on a horse uh, all that. On, honest, time. honestly, I'm thinking about getting one. Maybe get some winter shoes. With the way uh, Boston is laid out, I'm telling you, I yeah. I think you would have been. I think you would have been much. I think I would have been much better off. But anyways, I, I get to Boston. I get on my flight. And when I got down to Washington D.C., it was actually colder in Washington D.C. than it was in Boston. And I'm like, this is not fair. This is not how this is supposed to work. If you go farther south, it's supposed to be warmer. It's not supposed to be colder. I was very, I was very, uh, once again, I was very disappointed in D.C. Once well, again. Well, I'll tell you one time where I was extremely disappointed. I was um, packing for my cousin's wedding out in California. So it was about 10, 15 years ago. It was, um, I believe, in the uh, Redondo uh, Beach area. Uh, it was in March, too. So you're thinking 75, 80 degrees, nice weather. Bring some shorts, bring your bathing suit, and... Um, stuff and even when we're uh even when my family my um me family afterwards we we're going to drive all the way up to san francisco uh for because it was during our spring breaks at the time and then it all, all wedding night it just so happened that it was the coldest day on record they had the wedding on the beach and then we all went for the reception inside they actually had to have heaters like well, portable heaters outside in the um, uh, reception area, you know, and it's just nuts. And in Boston, by the way, it was 75 degrees. Yeah, that's nice. That's good, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's tremendous. That's all good. So, um, let's let's talk. So, do we know this whole Tuca thing? Everything's okay. He's good. He's back. Right. Everything's everything's all set now. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, whatever the personal matter was, I definitely don't want to speculate if he wants to. Go yeah, that's not, that, and that's not what I'm trying to do here right. either. It's just everything's good, right? Like whatever it might have been, it's all. It seems like it's all good. Uh, yes, at least on the surface, anyway. At least it yeah helps them uh, return to work, whether this lingers or not uh, down the road. Who knows? But it's a little interesting that they. Um, decided to be a little upfront about it, I will admit that, because usually, I think under these personal circumstances, maybe they make up an injury, like a strength quad, and he's out for the weekend, stuff like that, but um, it's a little interesting that they were upfront about a personal situation uh, to that extent. I mean, you see it before with some uh, other players, but you don't see that often, uh, the organization, nor to Garas being upfront about it as well. 
Which I, that's why I was, I was kind of, con- oh, I mean, I was very concerned it was something that was going to keep him out long term. Now, uh, Bruins coming off of back to back wins, uh, which that was a pretty impressive win uh, against Toronto the other day. That was, I think that was one that kind of re energized everybody. Like, what's changed for them in the last week for folks that, you know, maybe are only catching, catching up on the Bruins on, on Wednesdays when we're talking um, because, you know, they're casual fans and they'll catch up to it when they can. Uh, what what's changed? Would you say in the last week for this team? Because I feel like it was a totally different topic uh, topic of conversation last week with us. Well, I think one thing in particular was Yaroslav Halak finally back from that Vancouver loss and uh, kind of picking up uh, back to uh, regular se- his regular season form with some outstanding performances those two uh, those two games against the Leafs in Vegas, including that first period where he had. About 20 somewhat saves. Nine of them came on that first power play alone by the Maple Leafs. And yes, they didn't have Austin Matthews, but they still have enough firepower with John Tavares, with Mitch Marner, with several of their younger core there intact. They're still a formidable um, foe. And uh, the Bruins, I think, and the Leafs were coming off uh, playing their second game of back to back. And I think that goal by Patrice Bergeron uh, there with the great assist from uh, Pasternak. I think that kind of um, was the backbreaker for them. And even uh, Bruce Cassidy admitted such. And from there, Pasternak, just one, one more can you say about him right now. He's the uh, best goal scorer in the league. I think he's three or four ahead of the uh, next uh, goal scorer in He's off to a tremendous start, not only because of his offense, but he's been a great two-way player, I think. Um, and some of that is the Bergeron and Marshan effect, but I think he's really taken that development into a realm, well-rounded player seriously. So that's another thing. And they got some pretty good secondary scoring in the uh, Vegas game as well, that Denton Heinen goal in the uh, first period off a nice beat from Andres Bjork a two-on-one uh, really set the tone and uh, right so far at least during this weekend they built a little momentum going on uh, before their trip and they got a few things going that they um, weren't necessarily uh, clicking on over uh, uh, through the first month month and a half of the season. So we should probably stop worrying about them, right? Like they're going to be, they should be okay. They're still going to be, they're still going to be a good team. They're not going to just fall off the face of the earth is, is what we're saying here. No, and, um, and you look at the Atlantic division, you would expect them to be in the top three, which is where they are right now. I still expect them to, whether they can actually surpass Tampa and Toronto is another question, but I think they'll still be right there now they do i do think they need home ice if they want to go further down the line if they want to really be in um cup contention uh consideration but that's another story for later tie with tim rosenthal from bruins daily and bruinsdaily.com hanging out with him today talking about the boston bruins so uh, some of the changes, I, I know there was, uh, they, 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 they brought the, the kid up from po- uh, Providence, um, FPK, or, or it, it yeah, wasn't Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, they, they, uh, they didn't, they, yeah. yeah, they didn't, it wasn't Machine Gun Kelly. It was, you know, that was, it was pretty cool. Like what is that between him, is Donato, Donato's not back up yet, is he? He's, he's uh, not. So no, he's. Uh, been getting uh, top minutes down Providence and actually scoring goals down there. I think that's where it needs to 
be right now with the hope that he can come back and maybe help us solidify the top six. Ah, well, and that's what well, that that's kind of the whole thing. Like, is he just was he in one of those situations where like they're just going to leave him down there until they absolutely need him? Um, maybe, but also at the same time, if he keeps tearing up at Providence, I think he has four points in five games. There's um, no reason not to bring him up. I think if he's really excelling at the at the uh, any AHL level and. Um, Maybe he can uh, carry that play over to the NHL level um, when he um, when he returns. But he needs to be a top six guy. I I think putting him on a third or fourth line is not only a disservice to him, but a disservice to the team because you need him on the ice as much as possible. Now, even in a third line role, he could still get some power play time. But I think he's better off if, and the Bruins would be better off if he could really develop into that uh, second line role with uh, Krejci and DeBrusque. That would be the key, and, and, and that's that's going to be the next thing. Now, any talk, any any rumors? Is Rick, Has Rick Nash officially announced anything? Is he officially retired? Could he possibly do a Roger Clemens this year and show up later on in the year? If he did, would the Bruins be interested, or are they going to move on? Like, what do you think? The only way I could see the Bruins really signing him is if um, – all goes haywire with injuries, and they're that desperate. And I don't know if even Rick Nash wants to um, come back because he is taking time off. He is, um, he's had a history of concussions. His last one seemed uh, pretty uh, significant. I think he's taking more time, and he sh- as he should. Maybe he could get into hockey shape, but at the same time, I think um, he's really considering his help now. And um, and I think the answer to Bruins isn't necessarily Rick Nash if um, they uh, they fall further victim to the injury bug up front. But um, I think it's going to have to be within a trade uh, somewhere else. And all quite all is quite on the trade front right now, obviously. Well, and that that was going to be my next thing, uh, trade front wise. Like, are there teams? It, this seems to me to be the the time of the year where where teams are starting to realize, okay, we've either got it or we don't, or we've got to make a move. Mm-hmm. Um, are there teams out there right now that are looking to either shake things up, or maybe they realize, you know what, we're not going to have it this year, and almost I don't want to say they're tanking, but they're they're totally cool with a rebuild. Like anything that looks like it might be like that on the horizon outside of Ottawa, which I don't really know what they're doing. I don't think uh, you see that as uh, much right now until teams separate themselves more come January and um, February. Now, uh, there still will be a couple teams I think that will be in tank mode outside of Ottawa. Detroit's going to be right there with them, I believe, a couple teams uh, west. Not necessarily Edmonton or Vancouver, which a lot of people thought uh, – would be the case, but they're doing pretty well. And then, um, and right now, it's just a logjam in the standings between first and near the uh, wherever the uh, bottom of the standings are. And so, I don't think you're necessarily going to see teams try to shake it up at this moment. But I think uh, another couple months, you'll probably see some um, uh, some sort of a domino effect, whether it's mid-January, late January, maybe even before Christmas, before a holiday freeze. If uh, a team who's who was expected to do well isn't doing as well and is going into tank mode like uh, Ottawa did last season, for example. But um, yeah, I don't think you're going to hear a lot on the rumor mill for the time being, except whatever comes up with questions and mailbags and whatnot. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. 
that's that's the thing with this team. Like, I want to get invested in them, but I'm trying to figure out what type of move they can make. And boy, you know, it, it's fun to do that when you're looking at the when you're looking at the NBA, for example. It's fun to play with the the cap numbers and everything. But boy, that hard cap with the uh, with the NHL, it makes it difficult to move anybody. And then when you sign guys to big contracts like they have with Bacchus and Krejci and Tuca, it really hamstrings you in terms of making any sort of move and, and getting anything and uh, getting anything done. Like I don't I don't see any point right now where any of those three could get moved, even if they wanted to move them, even if there was a deal to move them. What is the deal to move them? What are you taking back to get them, right? Well, like, you would actually have to take in some salary too. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And you've seen teams do that over the last few years, but... I don't think uh, there is necessarily a need for them, and the next option is the buyout effect. Now, they'll give a uh, team that usually gives teams a little bit of relief, but uh, they'll they do have to pay it back on the back end of their uh, contract. So, for example, if they uh, bought out David Backs at six million for the next two years, uh, yes, they get some cap relief, but the next uh, the two years after that, they actually take a little bit of a hit depending on. Um, how much the cap goes up or how much the cap uh, salary cap uh, figures fluctuate throughout the league. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Any any big road trips planned coming up? Still way on Winter Classic and then uh, for myself personally. And then um, I might try to swing one road game before that uh, uh, personally in uh, Pittsburgh, but... For the Bruins, a big road trip coming up in uh, Colorado. That begins tonight. Um, a big matchup between two of the uh, best lines in the league. you got the Rattanen line in uh, Colorado that could easily match the uh, Bergeron line in terms of offensive production. And tonight they have, last, they have last change being the home team, so they get to avoid that assignment if they choose to do that. But got Colorado, Phoenix, uh, Dallas, Arizona, and um, – Detroit in this re- in this next four game stretch, and it's going to be an interesting challenge for sure. Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com joins us each and every Wednesday at eleven a.m. Did you see Becky's broken face? By the way, like, Oof, what yeah. was that all about? Yeah, I guess it was from the run in on uh, Raw. Yeah, like that was that was quite a that was quite a stiff shot there yeah. that she took from Naya. That was a big that was a solid right hand to the eye. <laughs> can't wait! Can't wait for the dirt sheets to uh, rile on uh, Naya. Oh yeah, the, there's already talk that she's going to have heat. That she's got minor heat yeah. on this. I mean, and she's kind of going to have to, right? Like they've been building this. They've been building this matchup for Survivor Series with mm-hmm. Becky and Ronda, and now you know Becky can't take can't take part. And now the fans are mad because the fans are way more invested in Becky than they are in Ronda right now. Like. It would have been perfect. You could have had, uh, you really could have done a double turn there. Like Becky is, 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 could have gone like full kind of facious sort of deal, but like Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. sort of phase. And then Rhonda could have brought like her, her three, you know, her, her other, her, her other uh, girls there, her other friends, and, and redone the Four Horsemen, which I could still, I could, I could now totally see that against Charlotte Flair, by the way. Like I could totally see this actually working out totally in their favor. But now you can set that thing up and like, you know, for WrestleMania, you can you can have a hell of a a a, a riled up women's storyline uh, going for the next few months. Four horse women versus four horse women. Yeah, yeah I mean, four, yeah. Uh, who, Becky, uh, 
Sasha and Bailey. Now they need to build up Sasha and Bailey a little bit. Too. See, and that's what you do. You get Sasha and Bailey over to Smack. Oh, I guess you could get them over to over to SmackDown, right? And then you work them with Becky and Charlotte, and then those four against Ronda and her three. I know there's Jessamine and there's two other ones. Um, you get those four, you know, working together and working against each other. You could continue that, that rivalry thing between the two brands the whole time. And, you know, you could spin those off. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of cool things you could do with that, but you know, they won't be done. So (laughs) I don't even need to bother thinking about it. It won't, it won't be done. I was totally surprised that they turned Daniel Bryan last night too. They, they turn him and make him champion. What the hell? But at the same time, they're going to screw that up somehow, I think. Of course they will. And some uh, why turn him heel before a match with Brock Lesnar? That's my question. Well, I mean, and that's the other funny part of it, right? Like yeah. I mean, that's I, I and I don't even know. Are you really I mean, how does anybody even root like it's so tough for people to turn face or heel nowadays because honestly, you know, they're so available and they're so accessible, you know, off screen, whether it's on Twitter, whether it you know, you follow them on Instagram or whatever it is you're doing, like to me, you, you've totally shifted that veneer. So people are either going to be invested in you, or they're not going, or they're going to be invested against you. And if they don't care about you, that's the worst part, right? That's so. That's what you need to do in this day and age. Yeah, for sure. And um, I don't know. I don't know what Vince is thinking. After all, this is the same guy uh, before his leukemia. I don't want to speak ill of him, but he was the same guy who pushed Roman Reigns, right? Right. Right, and he continued to do that, and now, like, now all of a sudden they're trying to get creative because they're kind of up against it, right? Like they yeah. just, you know, and no, nothing, nothing helps you like panic. I guess it is Tim Rosenthal. He joins us from Bruins Daily. We talk Bruins hockey. Maybe we'll sneak in WWE once in a while, which I was totally able to do this week because Coach Wing was home, not feeling great. Uh, I will talk to you next week, Tim. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks, Manny. Thank you. That's Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com. Actually, Aaron and. Wing will talk to him next week. I will not be here next week. I got vacation next week. I get a lot of vacation, so I take a lot of vacation. That's how it works. Deergo Mountain Valley basketball schedules are already out. We're going to have a hell of a broadcasting winter for you. Hopefully, Lewiston Edward Little basketball and hockey will be on there soon, too. But I got to sort through all that. Plus, I got to sort through all this uh, state football championship stuff for this weekend, too. Yeah. It's Daily, Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios, across the MBR Radio Network. We'll be back. <laughs>